Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Seattle. Hello, Peter Sano. Welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, event sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and the, uh, oh, what am I, man? I'm the scholar of cider. No, I got to be, what am I with cider? Alan Shapiro, help me out. I am the, the sentinel of cider. I like it. <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, cider Summit is, uh, it's actually the whole week long. It's a Washington Cider Week, and Cider Summit is the culmination of uh, one man's work with a lot of other help. Uh, I've got Alan Shapiro, who's the executive director and founder of Cider Summit. Uh, they've got four stops, and this stop, is this the first or last, or second or third? This is the original of the series, but it's the completion of our year. It's number four. Number four. Okay. Finale. So we'll call that the Grand Slam event, right? Because oh. you got first base, second base, third base. Another Perfect. baseball analogy, which we <laughs> we use in the future. I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, so fun. I'm a huge fan of cider. I got a chance to go to Vashon Island the other day with the Pacific Northwest Cider Association. Emily Ritchie and the lovely people at Dragon's Head on Vashon Island hosted us for a great tasting, a little seminar. And really some sunshine and some good food. Uh, and really a chance to taste a host of different ciders in a very relaxing atmosphere. Uh, it's uh, very bucolic there in Vashon. Lots of tall trees, lots of grass, uh, lots of sunshine, and a great ferry ride. Um, I suggest, I recommend, I should say, and suggest, encourage, everyone head out to Vashon. They've got some really fun stuff. Uh, round trip uh, as a walk-on passenger was $5.50 round trip. I think the bus is more to get to yeah. uh, downtown from West Seattle. Alan Shapiro, hey, welcome back to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. Good to be back with you. Yeah, so uh, which number is this? Ninth? This is our 10th anniversary tenth. event. 10. It's a milestone for us. It is a milestone. Luckily, it's not a kidney stone for oh, you. Oh, that would be rough. But you drink the <laughs> cider, you stay healthy, all's good. Very good. Uh, so has it grown? Has it increased tenfold? Man, it's uh, when we started in 2010, I mean, there wasn't much of a cider category. We weren't. We didn't really know what not the hell, domestically anyway. No, right? and we didn't know what the hell we were doing when it came to running the festival. But uh, we managed to slap the thing together, and four or five hundred people showed up, and uh, they seemed to like it. So we were encouraged, and and we went crazy. And now this just wasn't like the homeless population showing up for free. <laughs> we did actually make them pay to come in. Okay. So they, oh, good. So uh, there were no city vouchers or anything like that. Not, not that right. I can recall. That okay. was that was a lot of ciders. But ago. you would have let them in because you wanted peeps to show how popular it was. We uh, yes, I know so that it was tricks uh, of a special event guy. Right, part of the tricks of the trade. But we um, well, we had four or five hundred people that showed up. And uh, it encouraged us, maybe foolishly, and we uh, decided to add one in Portland in 2011. And uh, we went to Chicago next in 2013 and to the Bay Area in 2014. And uh, the event coming up this weekend on the 6th and the 7th is going to be our 32nd event in total that we've produced across the four cities and our 10th anniversary here in Seattle. So it's it's definitely a milestone. Outside of the growth of cider producers, have you seen a, a shift or a trend in cider uh, production in terms of, of flavor styles or branding and things like that? Yeah, it's there a lot of different things. So um, there has... 
there's kind of two tracks really to the cider category. There are the very artisanal, what we kind of call heritage cider producers. And then there's been what I would call a little bit more of a, a craft beeritization of the category, where it's a lot of flavor of the month, what's new, what do you got for me, and a wide range of experimentation. But overall, um, since 2010, the quality has improved dramatically. You know, the number of producers has also, you know, grown exponentially. We um, struggled, I think, to find maybe 40 products to have at that first festival. And now we're always knocking on the door of 200 different ciders, cider cocktails, apple spirits. And that's with limiting the uh, vendors to what they can bring. So uh, hopefully we've been a good partner and help growing this business. And, you know, the mission from day one has always been to give people a sampling opportunity to discover these things that are starting to show up on the on the shelves and in their local pubs and restaurant and really kind of, uh, I call them cider curious. Cider so, curious. Uh, so we won't dive too deeply into that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so they can really, it's really soup to nuts and, and they can really dial in their taste profile. And just Skin discover to things. seed. Sure. Yes. Uh, so anyways, they can, you know, people can come and, and they can sample the highest and most artisanal crafted and they can also taste grapefruit, guava, mango, habanero, hopped, if that's, you know, what they want. And they'll figure that out with their tasting tokens. And this is uh, this weekend down in South Lake Union. I want to, Where was it before? Because it's at a new location now. Right. So for nine years, we were at the Discovery Center lawn. I was going to say, Discover Cider. <laughs> and uh, Discovery lawn. <laughs> part of our 10th anniversary celebration is we're moving down to Lake Union Park, which is the, the big city park right in front of Mohai at the end of Terry Ave and Valley, right, kind of where the seaplanes take off. And uh, so it's just part of a, a few things we have up our sleeve to celebrate our 10th anniversary, and so we're pretty excited about the, the new location. So an outdoor uh, event. Uh, I know there's a little bit of parking down there. What's the best way to get around down there with South Lake, South Lake Union? Yep. Um, so you can ride the streetcar. We won't call it by its old name from anywhere along uh, Westlake Ave. The South Lake Union Trolley? Formerly known as the South Lake Union Trolley. Much like Prince, ever oh, evolving. It? Well, they, do, but do not they, dead. That's they don't right. have a signature or a, a, an icon for that trolley yet? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> when we were considering some of the original artwork for the festival back in 2010, there were some creative ideas I'm that, sure. my, that the okay. team came up with. But uh, right. I digress. So we encourage rideshare, uh, get on the trolley. Um, there's not a ton of parking there. There's some along the Westlake side of the park um, and a little bit on the, on the south end of uh, South Lake Union. But uh, please, uh, public transportation is always a good idea. Sure. And Uber, uh, Lyft, or, you know, the, the old thumb version probably works. Too. They know where, they know uh, how to find the park. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, um, these days uh, you can ride one of those bikes down there and just leave it, too. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way to go. Just put up a bunch Please of Please not in the middle of our festival. No. Now, is there seating? Is this like a Shadow San Michel lawn concert where I bring my own seat and then sit back and watch some tunes and... Uh, order a bottle of wine? Not quite. Oh, okay. Not quite. It can't be quite that lazy. It'll be you, have, you have to work a little bit harder. All right. Go, but we and do have some seating, and we are, um, to celebrate our 10th anniversary, bringing back live music for the first time in a few years. So um, we'll be announcing some uh, special acts that will be on the site just see, before the, the festival. The old Apple Gang. Uh, wait. Um, pears and Herb. I, peaches and Herb? That's right. I, we're dating how old we are, Christopher. <laughs> we are That's, 
You have no idea what I... Oh, she does. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, some of our fans here in the studio. All right, so it's all about cider. Let's taste some cider. You brought some great ciders here. I imagine these producers will be here, like starting with Dragonhead Perry on Vashon Island? They will be. So uh, one of the things we started doing just in the last year or two was we added a uh, Heritage Cider Pavilion. And so that's really to highlight some of the more high-end uh, artisanal producers. Among them is Dragon's Head. And, um, again, that's, you know, we talked about the mission of the festival, but we really want people to to have the opportunity to taste some of these products that are really beautifully crafted, a lot of them from a state fruit, um, like Dragon's Head, that they may not have the opportunity to, to taste so much in their local store and bar because they're not as widely distributed. Right. There's also that uh, intimidation factor. I don't know if I'll like that, so I won't buy it, so I won't ever have a chance to taste it. But here at Cider Summit on September 6th and 7th down at the Waterfront Park on... Lake Union Park. Lake Union at Park. At Moha, you have a chance to taste uh, uh, up to 200 different ciders if you can have enough tickets. Is that right? Just about. But we also added something kind of cool in the last year where we're now doing tasting flights with each cider maker. So your ticket will get you 16 or 20 tasting tokens, depending on the type of ticket you buy. But you can each cider maker will have uh, typically three or four different ciders at their table, and you can get many tastes of each of those. So you can leverage your... 60 uh, t- tasting tokens if you buy the VIP ticket into, you know, 60 to 80 tastes. So you can make a pretty good dent in that lineup of nearly 200 ciders. And what are the hours? On Friday, with general admission is 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. We have our VIP entrance at 2 p. And so you get the extra tasting tickets, and there's a limited number of people that we allow in from 2 to 3 on Friday afternoon. So if you want to geek out with the cider makers and talk apples and production techniques, it's a great chance to do that because there's not going to be a huge lineup of people. And then on Saturday, we're noon to 5, and uh, you can't buy VIP at the gate, but you can buy general admission at the gate as well. And uh, tickets are available for pre-sale on our site, CiderSummit.com, of course, with all the other info on there that you would ever need to know. Do you bring your own glass? Is there a specific cider glass you would recommend people to bring, or do you provide something? You can only taste from uh, the souvenir glass that comes with your tasting ticket, oh. so that's part of the admission. So. Okay. and then so- No sippy cups, no big gulps, none of that stuff. Oh <laughs> uh, and everyone must be 21. Can you bring kids or a stroller or dogs? Dogs are allowed. We say okay. uh, humans must be 21 and over, but dogs of any age are welcome. So right. your well-behaved dog on leash is uh, welcome. We've got a little dog lounge area uh, co-hosted by Seattle Humane oh. where they can get some water and some shade. And they're going to neuter and spam. And, That'd be pretty. Um, <laughs> uh, that's beyond, uh, beyond that's the reach of what I do. That's as it. A it's okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, a spay pavilion. That's I love coming here because I never know what to expect. <laughs> you never know what to expect. Well, I always get to expect uh, quality cider because you are the Cider Man. 32 different events. Cidersummit.com. Right? Correct. And um, this Dragon Heads Perry, delicious. Uh, you know, I was talking about Heritage Cider. Heritage Cider is much like old world wine versus new world wine. Yeah. So we've got modern cider, which would be your new world wine, and that's that's a very fruit forward. It's round. It's soft and supple, whereas old world wine has a little more tartness, a little more earthy notes, a little more perhaps uh, we'll call the the mushroom or or just it seems like it's from an older place. And that's what Heritage Study is like. Yeah, and tannins as well. So, right, so there's different kinds of um, of apple varieties, just as there are grape varieties. 
And so the heritage guys use, you know, these cider apples that you wouldn't see at the supermarket and you wouldn't want to just pick up and eat, right, because they are very, very bitter. They're kind of like Halloween apples, except not the ones you bob for because they're just a little scary. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, but so that's, they make, you know, the tannins and the structure of those really make uh, for more elegant cider. And the modern will use more kind of dessert apples, more that you like. You'll see in the supermarket. You, know, you can make from, from golden Granny delicious, Smith, golden yeah, delicious, yeah, yeah. pink lady, all that Macintosh, stuff. yeah, exactly. And uh, so we have again the whole variety. But um, I've brought the the next one that I brought in for you to try is uh, from Alpenfire, who's another artisanal producer. Yes. they'll be in fact the company that really pushed us hard to. Where are uh, they? Carnation. They're in Port Townsend. Port Townsend. Okay, so they're so there. there's a nice uh, group over on the peninsula. Um, you can do a little mini cider tour. Oh wow! Alpen Fire and Eagle Mount and Finn River. Didn't over Alpen there. Fire do one of your special ciders before? It was uh, Finn River over oh, there. Oh, Finn River did it. Okay, uh, that did that. This tastes artisanal. This has got some bitterness. This has a little um, European flavor to it. Yeah, they're really known for um, estate fruit and for really trying, generally featuring bone dry ciders. And so this is uh, Pirate's Plank has been one of the signature Alpen Fire ciders for several years now. Pirate's Plank. I love it. It's got a big skull on there. It's got a uh, nautical star behind it. Looks like the uh, the wheel of a ship. Uh, and it's a cool little bottle. Um, they've changed it. Alpen Fire used to be a little more painty, a little more colored. This this is a definitely a It's kind of a dude label. They, um, <laughs> they did some stuff for an anniversary not Disagree. too long ago to... Uh, to uh, kind of reinvigorate and celebrate their anniversary, and they—I like I, how you reinvigorate with a skull. <laughs> different strokes for different folks, right? You got to stand out from the that's crowd. Right, on that's that right. Stuff, We're going to goth apples. That's what I got there. I think both Alpenfire and Finn River, which we're going to get to in a minute, were two of the limited number that were with us year one in yes. 2010 back in that festival. That's exciting to see that because I know with the Seattle Wine Awards, just 14 years to see how um, cideries or, or wineries develop, how their products change, how their labels evolve, and how they really find their groove in this uh, burgeoning industry, which still is is hundreds of years old but for here it's it's less than a decade yeah we were really uh as i said there weren't a ton of of uh producers in the area in uh 2007 and and even back a little bit farther in 2003 when i was importing some english cider called aspel and uh, oh, we, we, we would do some festivals and there'd only be a few of us around uh to do that so it's the the, the growth the evolution has been really rewarding to be a part of that and, and delicious. Uh, yeah. I've got Alan Shapiro, who is the executive director of the Cider Summit, coming to Seattle this weekend, next Friday and Saturday, down at Lake Union Park. It's by Mohai. We've got a couple more ciders to taste and more to talk about right here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round two. And uh, two apples a day will keep the doctor away. Unless you're heading to Cider Summit, uh, September 6th and 7th down at Lake Union Park. I got Alan Shapiro, the executive director, founder of the uh, the Big Apple, if you will, and uh, and the Big Pear, right? It's got to be equal opportunity. We do. We got we've got a little more Perry going on this year at the festival, so that's kind of cool. That's good. You need a Perry Farrell. I, there's got to be a. 
<laughs> a beverage called Perry Farrell, just a little bit, you know. All right. Perry you're you're going to be in on the marketing meetings next year. I am going to be. How fun is that? Um, we've got three more ciders to taste, and this is just a smidgen. This is a pinch. Not even close. This would be, let's see, uh, one, two, two and a half percent of the, t- the, the entire cider you can taste. Impressive math off the How top of your that? head. I, I was, know. I was, I was a, watching the wheels turn, and I was doing the same thing. That's why there's no hair up there, because it just <laughs> burns so hot, all that math I'm doing. Uh, we tasted the Dragon's Head Perry. We had the Alpenfire Pirate's Plank. Arr! And now we got the Finn River, um, and love those folks. Uh, just had a great uh, conversation with uh, it was Chelsea with Finn River the other day. So, great. what you got? We got uh, the Farmstead from Finn River, which is uh, kind of their community sourced oh, cider. Right. So they're they're getting apples from up and down the peninsula and uh, blending uh, and making those into what they call their Farmstead cider. I think a little bit semi sweet in style. And uh, again, they're one of the kind of festival originals and. Did our um, original collaboration cider a couple of years right. ago with us, and uh, just um, kind of a, a festival favorite. Always super nice people to work with, and a great site to visit there over in Chimicum. Chimicum, that's right, the uh, bustling metropolis of Chimicum. Makes me think of Speed Racer and Chim Chim. Uh, okay, I am so old now that I have to say that this particular cider, this is really that great bridge between heritage and modern you've got um beautiful acidity here it's light it's it has texture um but it's not cloyingly sweet it's not even necessarily sweet it just has that nice apple taste yeah i think that's a great description of it there is some forward fruit at the end so it's not going to scare you off right so it's but you've got but there's tannin there's some tannin a little bit of sharpness yeah yeah it's that's a great description of that uh that's that's really a we'll call a, a cider of uh Repose, right? I, hmm, there's something going on here. Wow, busting mm. out the two dollar words. I, I like know that. it's yeah. nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> no, I think that. But you're right. This is be like the perfect um, cider for someone to try at our festival who maybe has been a little afraid of the higher end stuff, and they would say, "Yeah, this is pretty approachable." But I get it. I'm trying something different than maybe the fruit ciders or whatever that I've yeah. been been leaning towards. Don't have cider vertigo. No. Don't worry about the go vertical <laughs> high end stuff. Uh, delicious. Now we're up to uh, Seattle Cider Company uh, Cider Summit Reserve. Now this is your new collaboration, right? So each of the last three years, we have picked a producer whose products are available in all four of the cities in which we have festivals to do a special blend for us um, that we debut at our Chicago festival in February of each year and uh, feature it throughout the year. So this is actually the first one that's come out in cans and, uh, as you mentioned, called Cider Summit Reserve. And it's, um, I think, in in some ways, uh, not unlike the cider you last described, where there's that combination of the structure of really the cider Has fruit. structure. And the, the forward apple yes. flavor and then a hint of sweetness from um, a, a dash of brown sugar. That, is that, that what it is? I'm yeah. saying it's, it's like raspberry or is it strawberry? There's something that gave me this darker fruit sweetness that I couldn't identify. And um, it makes sense because it is it just you get the acidity here, which I think is it's nice and fine acidity because it seems to be a lighter style. But then you get the finish with just a little bit of. We'll call it toffee or something. It's just yeah, there's that little spice that almost. Um, there was another product uh, back when I was importing Aspel that used Moscovado sugar. Moscovado, yes. That uh, gave it almost a little bit of like a rum barrel finish. Yeah, to it was it. a creme creme brulee, uh, yeah. roasty, uh, sweet vanilla, something like that. Um, 
That's yummy. That's going to be a hit. What's the alcohol on that one? 6.9, I believe. 6. Point, uh, aren't they all 6.9 for uh So there used to be a uh, a rule. A rule that You know, the uh, rules are made for. Um so I would never break any measuring. Um, well, that's a ruler. The uh that anything over 7% alcohol was considered apple wine and taxed <laughs> and classified differently by the government. So miraculously, an awful lot of ciders on the market came in at 6.8, wow. 6.9%. so close. Yeah. Gosh, they're genius. What about dandelion wine? Can you go up like above, or does that become lion wine? Wow. I, 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 if I had any talent, I would roar into the microphone. Roar, um, yeah. Um, Helen Reddy, where is she when you need her? <laughs> Uh, okay, this is uh, this is fun. I'm loving that this seven percent. Are we going to take the show on the road? Maybe. Well, um, I'm on the road a lot. I know I'm taking the show on the road, but let's talk about this one. This is rose cider. Yeah, so this is um, our our only non Northwest that we're tasting today from Eden Cidery out in uh, Newport, Vermont. Who's a really interesting background. They uh, founded their cidery largely on making ice cider. Ah. Right, so where the apples are, are frozen. So they were so they, lazy. They said, "I'm not going to harvest those. I'm watching football. Exactly. We're going to we're going to wait until like December <laughs> when it's it really or cool. February after the Super Bowl." Then, and- right. So for the wine people, it's just basically the you know similar to ice fine, vice, and um, they. Uh, so this is kind of a little different style of rosé. It's it's higher in alcohol. It's a, it's an apple wine. It's 11, percent um, but they've added just wait. A touch. So there is actually an apple wine category. Yeah, so, well, again, that's the, the TTP, the government, decides that over so 7. certain- 7.1? Used to be 7. Now, now, I believe now it's been raised to 8.5. Oh. But I might not be 100% current on that. Not, but so, okay. um, the difference largely is that you pay more tax. Oh, great. Good. So, well, I um, love but, that. So some rosés are made from red flesh apples, Snowdrift out in uh, East Wenatchee. Oh, makes a terrific one. one. Right. Um, they actually add um, some currant to this, some red currant juice. Okay. Excellent. I'm having it in a glass. You are having it in a glass as well, but your glass is shaped like a bottle. <laughs> All the secrets are out. I thought we were, you know, on radio. We are. But, but see, we have to be descriptive. Okay, yeah, fair enough. My uh, glass is a much bigger vessel then. Yes, it is correct. a bigger vessel. That's what I hear. Uh, this is Imperial Rosé. Yes, so that's um, that 11%. Nice. Uh, alcohol designation, but it's not hot when you drink it. No, no, not at all. And does it have to? So they chapitalize. They must add some extra sugar here to get to that yeah, degree. Yeah, I think, I think in this case. But, of um, course, ice apples, you would have desiccation, less water, more sugar, same amount of acidity. But this is not an ice cider. Right. This is, um, but we will have their heirloom blend ice cider and some other um, dessert wines that they do at the festival, again, in the Heritage Pavilion. Tables thirty nine to forty six, I believe it is oh, off the top of my you. head. I know how many tables are there then? There are fifty four cider vendor tables at All the right. festival, pouring nearly two hundred different items. And this, so it's Friday and Saturday. It's it's three to eight, and then two p.m. on Friday if you're VIP. Correct. And then it's noon to five on Saturday. Yes. Now you recommend people coming down with a pretty much a good breakfast or a nice little healthy lunch. Yeah, we'll have some snacks on site, um, some some sample plates, and some food to purchase. But yeah, get that base down because yeah. we want you to. It's more of a tasting yeah. festival than it is a tasting and grazing. So you're not going to have a lot of food there. So we'll be sure that first of all, you know. 
get there by somebody else driving <laughs> or you walking, you know, just wear a helmet. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but have some food because you really want to enjoy yourself. And, and being in these public events, and this is the 10th annual, so this is going to be rocking. It's going to be a beautiful weekend down there in the water, lots of people. Uh, and you don't want to embarrass yourself. So first of all, don't wear perfume. You're going to be on grass, so don't wear high heels or don't wear bare feet either. <laughs> we, I have to say, we have a great, great group that comes out to our festivals each year. You know, in, in the nine previous years, we've so rarely had... Uh, There's no bad apples? Just, no bad apples. It hasn't, you know, hasn't spoiled the whole bunch. Um, yeah, I could make a Donny Osmond reference, but then again, we're dating ourselves Well, you could say Donny Osmond. Uh, I mean, I would say Marie. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I might be with you on that. Uh, well, right. But the point being, the people that, that come to the festival really are, are, by and large, very, very interested in learning about cider and tasting and sampling, and, and it's a great crew. We've, we've been very lucky. And speaking of those people, really, the people behind cider are just amazingly hardworking, dedicated earth farmers that are taking something that is so not appe- appealing, this crab apple and this blistered, russeted apple that looks like it should have laid on the ground for the rest of its life, and yet they are making something spectacular and putting all their passion in it. And here we have a chance to celebrate it and makes you smile, taste pretty good, tastes really good, and it makes you feel good. It's a nice way to spend a weekend down there, so so please come out and join us and help help us celebrate 10 years. Like I said, it's a a milestone in this category, and and we really uh, appreciate everyone that's come out all these these nine previous years and got us to this point. I'm pleased to participate in promoting cider here in the Northwest. Obviously, we've got uh, lots of apples here, of course, from Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and British Columbia, Montana. And cider is uh, really a huge North American industry there's there's texas there's massachusetts maine michigan minnesota uh vermont connecticut uh new york washington california uh colorado there's lots i mean apples that's the whole thing apples grew one, for food yeah one of our biggest crops and it was the drink of our forefathers right right and they'd say i think it was john adams would have a tankard of cider with his breakfast uh so way to go and i want to be president someday too <laughs> maybe that's the key you're well on your way oh, fantastic uh alan shapiro uh executive director of cider summit happening this september 6th and 7th down at south lake union thanks so much for joining me on happy hour radio pleasure thanks christopher cider summit.com two days two kinds of tickets ga or vip uh uh, stick around, folks. We're going to be tasting some beer with our friends from Henry's Tavern and Ninkasi coming up next on Happy Hour Radio. Two regular guys separated by 20 years and full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalier, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round three. And I've got, uh, well, I've got a bunch of beer in the studio. It's Saturday night. It's uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, and I've got a, a wonderfully uh, bright, talented person here in the studio. It's Robin Austin. And she is with Nankazi, 
the goddess of fermentation. She's the market manager here for the Pacific Northwest, and she brought me some, uh, well, some hazy, lazy, do- she's going to dominate me, actually, is what I think she's going to do. That hey, Rob, Rob and Austin, welcome to Happy Hour. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Chris. My pleasure. So, um, I know last month you guys did a big thing at Henry's Tavern, and Henry's has a place in Bellevue, and also down there on First Avenue by uh, Safe... Did I say Safeco? I want to say the same thing. I almost did. It's now uh, T-Ball Park, right? <laughs> it's T-Ball Park because our kids can't hit. They've had two no-hitters. It's that's where we're going, and now it's T-Ball Park. Um, so fun. But w- tell me about that event that you guys had down at uh, Henry's Tavern with Ninkasi. We did a Ninkasi beer and dinner experience. So we collaborated a beer that we'll talk about in a little bit, and we did a dinner pairing, so four different meals that we paired with our beer for people to, to showcase, and we had- Four different dishes or four different dinners? Four different dishes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, great. Four different dishes, and we also had Dr. Dan, who's our Brewers Operations Director, and Jamie Floyd, one of the founders and owners of the company, come and also speak during the two dinners. We did one at in Seattle, the SLU location for Henry's, right by the- Oh, there's three locations. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So the SLU is the one that did the dinner with, so the one right by the stadium, and then- in Bellevue. Wait, the slew is by the stadium? No, sorry. That's no nope. okay. slew is by yeah, that's yes. the newer one. <laughs> South Lake Union. Yes. The slew. All right. Seattle slew. Yes, Seattle slew. <laughs> okay, so that was a cool event and uh you served how many beers were were paired with those four. Four beers. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like enough. But you probably have like a pre-function and there's let's talk about Nikazi. How old and where is Nikazi first? So we're based out of Eugene, Oregon. That's where we've been since day one in 2006 is when we started. 2006. Ah, when everybody was like, right, yeah, hey, life's going great. America rocks. Everything's good. We're making money. And look at this. Uh, let's get an, I got an idea. Let's start a brewery. To weather the weather the storm, the the eight, nine, ten, eleven years, uh, those those years in the two thousands, to get past that is determination, a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of like worry, but you did it. And so Nikasi now is uh, is one of those names that is pretty much kind of iconic with Red Hook, I believe. You're you're there with one of the most recognizable kind of names in, in beer. Plus, with your product, your product's very consistent, very high hopped. Uh, format. Tell me about the philosophy of Nikasi. We love our IPAs. That's, I mean, to put it all in one little sentence, but we um, have been around for about 13 years now and have done the whole foraging, trying, doing everything we possibly can to get where we are because we do about just under 100,000 barrels a year and we're still independently owned. So that's the difference between us and Red Hook. Yes, it's still a name brand, but people don't associate us all the time with with different things just because of the fact that we're still independently owned, so we're not out there with the big names and the big money. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. I always say Reddit because I'm an old school cat, and they were one of the first ones that was independently, and, and mm-hmm. being 20 years, they got they got purchased or yeah. changed the format. And who knows what will happen with you guys, and it seems like consolidation is down the line, but of course it comes down to the passionate uh, of the brewers and the philosophy of what they're trying to do. And these days it seems like there's... Everyone's fighting for mar- uh, shelf space. So yes. we're putting out new products all the time, which I think is good because you want to keep your consumers, your tried and true people excited about it. It's kind of like the wine club version, like, hey, let's keep doing this. We have a new version here. And uh, it makes it fun and exciting. But how many beers, what's the core portfolio for Ninkasi? Well, you've probably heard of our Total Domination. Totally. Yep. That's our flagship beer that we came out with back in 2006. I say that got us on the beer map. 
And since then, we've produced numerous beers that people know that are flagships. The, the Dawn of the Red um, Pacific Rain is our pale ale. We've also done uh, Otis, which we've changed back into the regular Otis that had vanilla in it before, so it's called Vanilla Otis. Is um, that a dark beer? It is. It's an oatmeal stout. Mm-hmm. I made vanilla vanilla bean stout back in 1997. Back when the vanilla beans were probably cheaper. Well, it was a it, no. I bought thirty bucks worth of vanilla beans in '97. I was like, "Dang, this is expensive beer." Well, that's why we got rid of the vanilla in our Otis just recently this year because of the fact that the vanilla yeah. beans were so expensive in Madagascar. It was the most amazing beer that I can ever remember tasting. Like I was so proud of myself, and so like, no one's come out with it. Although yeah. recently, vanilla bean stout has mm-hmm. actually been one of those things. But it took another fifty. I'm so far ahead of my time. I'm like super old. I'm like, a, wait, I must be a Buddhist or something, reincarnated. I don't know. A beer Buddhist. I like a it. A beer Buddhist. <laughs> I got the beer belly. That's for damn sure. All right. So keep going. How many more beers you got? So we also have a Prismatic, which was our number one seller last year um, because it just came out and we put, brought it in cans for the first time. So that's got notes of pineapple, guava, and passion fruit, and it's only 5.9%. So that beer has done really well on the shelf as well as on draft. We came out with a limited edition last year of our Hazy Domination, which you have in front of you. And that one is kind of a play on our Total Domination. It is similar in the sense that we use some of the original recipe to make that from our Total Domination. But then it's got more of a tropical, hoppier flavor, and we add a little bit of lactose to give that hazy. Oh, really? So you add some uh, milk protein. It's in a powder form. Uh So if you are lactose intolerant, there's a lot of hazies out there you should not try. Is that what they're doing? (laughs) Oh, because it's... Can be, yeah. I see, because either they're not filtering it, which yes. would allow to different things happening mm-hmm. in the beer, versus filtering it and then back adding something to create a um, protein haze. Correct. Got it. Yep. Um, you know, hazy domination sounds like what happens in the morning. I don't know. Last night was super hazy. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so it's my uh, morning after beer. <laughs> <laughs> does everything, does it? <laughs> I drink the total domination the night before, and then the next day I'm like, now I'm more hazy. <laughs> the morning after beer. Let's not go there. That's probably be banned in some states, I imagine. Um, we won't go there. All right, so uh, super fun. What's the website? NinkasiBrewing.com. NinkasiBrewing.com. Um, and who are the owners? Two dudes? Three yeah. dudes? Yeah, Nikos Ridge and Jamie Floyd. They both started it together. They're just friends. Um, they just became business partners. And so Jamie does, he, he's one that came up with the total domination recipe. That was all him. That's his forte is the beer aspect. And then Nico says more of the business and driving that end of the, of the business. All right. Well, you brought some, uh, some beers here today, which I'm super pleased. The first one is Pilsner. It's called Cold Fermented Lager, which uh, seems like a, if you don't know what lager is, I mean. <laughs> Two different types of beer in the world, lagers and ales. <laughs> That's right. Lager basically means aged in uh, German. It's kind of an uh, aged beer, but basically it was aged because it was fermented in a cooler place. So there's top fermenting ales, which means the the yeast is actually, it's warmer, so it gets, uh, I don't know why it goes up. <laughs> and there's like, it's so cold, I'm going to stay in the bottom lager yeast. And they just hang out down there and ferment. Um, what's the story about this Pilsner? So you might be familiar with our Hell's Bells lager. We have changed that the over. The band? Yeah, well, yeah. luckily we didn't get sued for using that name, but... We switched it over now this year to just straight up Pilsner. So it's still a cold fermented lager. It's similar to the recipe of Hell's Bells lager, but slightly tweaked, slightly different. Um, but it's definitely got that German style to it. It's that cold, crisp, like 
just exactly what you want out of a straight-up Pilsner. Is that a Saz hop, or is that a German hop, or a Czechoslovakian hop? I believe it's a German hop that we use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is my call. I think a lot of our craft brewers are going to go back to this because we can, because you're making a light beer with character. Mm-hmm. And as we mature, like, look, there's a lot of flavor here. And this has a lot of flavor, too. The total domination is over-the-board flavorful, right? And yeah. and I, I dug it as a kid. I was, IPAs, yeah, give it to me. Hoppy is so good. I get it. But as you mature, it's like, well, you, it's like sweet cereal versus hot. Like, <laughs> all right, you kind of like wean off it and like, okay, because you just you get a little more, I don't want to say refined, but I, I just think those flavors, you don't like to be hit over the head so much anymore. Yes. You, you want to look for something different depending on what your mood is. Yeah, my You know, sometimes mood. you want to crush a couple, and so a pilsner is it. <laughs> Otherwise, the hazy domination becomes more hazy. I crush you. <laughs> I crush you. Uh, fun. And uh, is there a a, a local t- tap room? Is Nikasi just a brewery down in Eugene, or do you have a like McMiniman thing going on? Thanks for asking. Um, actually, currently, we do just have our our brewery down in Eugene, Oregon. We cover about six blocks of the Whitaker District, which is the area that we're in there. And we just recently have decided, um, as of last year, we started this project to have a whole Ninkasi experience is what we're calling it. So we used to just just do a tap room. We're in production right now, constructing a location in the bottom of our admin building to make a whole dinner experience. So it's going to be food, the beer, you know, kids friendly, that kind of stuff. Um, unfortunately, not dog friendly, except for outside, but not that there's food. So we're getting rid of our just our tap room and doing that whole brewery wow. kind of experience, and that will that should be completed by the end of this year. But I'm not even going to give a date on that because <laughs> construction and yeah. licensing and that's just never on on time. So for sure. fall, we're hoping for fall. Hoping for fall. <laughs> I got Robin Austin, who is the market manager for Ninkasi down in Eugene. It's a brewery uh, that has been uh, around for 14, 13 plus years now, yeah. and you might know them as the Total Domination. <laughs> uh, we've got a special beer that they've uh, collaborated with Henry's Tavern here. We're going to taste it next. So stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Live, he's local, he's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. It's uh, Labor Day weekend. Happy Labor Day. If you're working, hopefully you're working hard on relaxing and making some good food or making some cocktails or cracking. Ooh, that brisky. <laughs> I've got um, a wonderful person, Robin Austin. She's the market manager for Ninkasi Brewing down in Eugene, Oregon. We're tasting, uh, well, I'm tasting. She's not. Yeah, where's my glass? Uh, well, it's over there. Um, how about we just learn how to shotgun a crowler? Now, how about that? Oh, yeah. You brought a crowler here. And first of all, before we get there, you brought Hazy Domination. I want to talk about the spirit because Total Domination Definitely high IBU, International Bittering Units, very hoppy, very uh, bitter. It it had a, sl- a good amount of malt. It had a, a good balance of maltiness and bitterness. But hazy is a little different. It's It tastes uh, um, a little lighter. It's not quite as bitter, but it still has that all that flavorful impression of hops. Yeah, I would say that the hazy domination to me, 
has more of that tropical note to it, mm. a little bit hoppier on the forefront, where I feel like the total domination has got more of that maltier balanced back to it. So okay, uh, delicious, and I, I love the. Um, so was it uh, Nico and Jamie? Are Nikos, they yeah. Nikos? Are Nikos they Iron Maiden fans? Oh, they're music fans, so yeah, you'll see a lot of that fun, you know, the Slayer, the Hell's Bells, that, yep, the Made in the Shade. That's what I thought, so I'm looking at the uh, the text here, and I always wanted to, you know, have a band like Iron Maiden. <laughs> uh, all right, so we are now to the Crowler, and the Crowler, how many, is this 25 ounces? Oh, no, it's 32. It's 32, yeah. good. Okay, good, because I like quartz. Yeah. And none of this later stuff. All right, so this is called what? This is a special beer, and tell me about the history of this thing. 12th so, Street IPA. 12th Street IPA. That is a collaboration that Ninkasi did with RUI, which is Restaurants Unlimited Incorporation. And um, they came down to the brewery, their senior leadership team, came down to the brewery and worked on a collaboration beer. Ninkasi made about three batches on our nano system. And then the or the you mean like a five gallon system. Yeah, yeah, just very small. They just made three different styles of it, of just different kinds of beer. And then the RUI team got to try it out, see which one they liked, and then tweak it, and then make the recipe on another nano system, and then brew the bigger batch for the ninety barrel for us to then distribute. Wow! To all of the RUI restaurants that wanted to bring it in, um, so Henry's, Palomino's, all that good stuff. This, this is a very subdued IPA. Mm-hmm. It's almost. The the uh, the bitterness is there. Yes, but it's very it's subtle. Uh, it's subtle, but it's almost a, a sophisticated. It's elegant. There's this this is a lighter beer. It says six point four percent alcohol, um, but it reminds me of this pilsner with a little more hops and just a touch more malt. Really delicious. Yeah, super cool, especially at this temperature. And this is. Probably in the, because we've been here for a bit, um, this is probably at 56 degrees, 50, so it's 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 colder than uh, a fresh draft beer, but it's, um, sorry, it's warmer than a fresh draft beer, mm-hmm. but what I like is that this, there's no flaws here. This is really a delicious, clean, it's crisp still? That's the yes. key, it's crisp. It's crisp, it is. Um, it's only 44 IBUs, so it does have a little bit of that bitterness factor, a little bit of that hop value, but it's very smooth, I think. Uh, I see what you did. I know what you did because you you used the bittering hops, but you didn't put a lot of dry hops on the aroma. We added actually the hops later. Oh, you to did to give it the flavor profile without that bitterness. I see. Okay, mm-hmm. so you weren't boiling them to get the total bit. I get it. Yeah. There we go. So that's kind of like a tweener. <laughs> so fun. So this is available now down at Henry's Tavern, all three locations. Yes. The 12th mm-hmm. Street IPA. So it's on tap and. Uh, Ninkasi, you can find these at stores most everywhere, right? And are you four packs, six packs, 12 packs a dollar? So the Hazy Domination and um, our Prismatic comes in the 16-ounce four packs or sold individually. And then the Prismatic, as well as all the other beers that I mentioned, come in six packs. Some come in the 12, like the Pacific Rain, Total Domination, you know, the bottles and stuff like that, Variety Pack. So, and they're all found pretty much at your local grocery stores, the Fred Meyers, QFCs. Yeah, you've been around. You've got that yep. uh, recognition. And, of course, uh, the cool name. Ninkasi is the goddess of brewing or fermentation, I should Sumerian say. Sumerian goddess. Sumerian yeah. goddess, yes. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about your brand new project happening in Tumwater. Yeah, so we have a brand new project that's happening in Tumwater with the South Sound uh, community college, and we're going to be pairing up with them, partnering up with them. They're building a whole new facility to have students be able to work on, you know, distillery, 
cidery kind of brewing kind of facility stuff where they can learn how to do that process. And we're going to be a big part of that. So we're going to have our beers there for the people to taste as well as the beers that people make to have on our tap room. So we're going to have a official like tap room up here, which would be nice for Washington State because the nearest you can get is Eugene. So that's pretty far. So we'll have one in Tumwater and then it's going to have an amphitheater and all this kind of stuff. And the projection is going to be 2020. So. All right. Yeah. And information for the website again is to get... NinkasiBrewing.com. Wow. Robin Austin, what a treat. Um, thanks for walking into my tour with uh, copious amounts of delicious beer. And uh, what a pleasure to chat with you. You've got you great too. energy. Congratulations on your gig. And uh, uh, cheers to uh, Ninkasi Brewing. Thank you so much. Cheers, you guys. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, it's Cider Summit uh, this weekend, this September 6th and 7th. And when you're out and about, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!